Welcome to Doxed. While we experienced some odd audio issues in this episode, it still remains to be my favorite episode so far. Our focus is marketing, and it has a very personal and open vibe. I hope you enjoy. I'm Lauren to call me back. <laughs> I love that you can't keep quiet while I have the 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 screen on because I'm like I I prep myself. I mentally prep myself for what I'm gonna say, and then I come back in and you're chatting. Yes, all right. Well, I'm not doing it again. I did it last week. I'm not doing it again. Welcome to Docs, guys. <laughs> Joining us is Doesn't Shut Up Tim Nielsen. <laughs> I'm Tom DeSico. I'm the community manager for Quarter Machine. Uh Quarter Machine is an NFT project um where uh we have three sold out collections all based in a digital animated universe you can own a piece of digital youtube history with boots fairy wings <laughs> characters like pirate dad and zombie dad uh aaron used to have a a volcano he sold it he's now eth rich he's living the dream over there yeah it's, it's really a dream <laughs> you can also own a piece of youtube history without boots it's really up to you that's it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so quarter machine, that's me. Uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to Tim. How you doing, Tim? Good morning, guys. Sorry. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, hey, I'm Tim Nielsen. Um, I'm a founder and an attorney in the Web3 space, uh, co-founder of CloudChain, uh, operations at Quarter Machine, um, co-founder of Unnamed. Uh, building some cool and exciting stuff. Um, because I am an attorney, I have to say I'm not your attorney. Um, nothing on this podcast, anything I say is legal advice or should be construed as legal advice. If you have questions, always consult your own professionals. Um, and generally probably don't you know, take much of what we say seriously at all. Not financial advice, not legal advice. Um, I mentioned a lot of stuff I'm doing. Most of that's because uh, I was fortunate enough to team up with Aaron a while ago. So I'm going to toss it over to him and he can introduce himself. <laughs> you didn't mention the stuff we're doing. You just mentioned all your titles. No, I talked about everything. Great detail. It just sounds like you wanted to rattle off as many titles. Look at how um, important I am. Yeah. Did I? No, no. Yeah, you listed all your titles. That was good. Uh, but yeah, yeah Tim and I almost made it to Eagle Scout. Did I get that one in there? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, wait, why Eagle did you Scout? quit? Why did you quit? <laughs> Because well, you had to have that. quit, or were you kicked out? I feel like there's a no, bigger no, story. I was not kicked out. Yeah, all right. Oh, no. <laughs> and he know, stops. Man. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. No, I mean, at a certain point, you know, other things in your life seem to become more important than, you know, going to meetings and selling popcorn for charity and whatever. I don't know. It's spoken it like a true days? Eagle Scout. You're like, life got in the way. And they yeah, should have given you, you honorary. You could have been um, honorary. You're going to have to, when I, when, I, when I go to write my memoirs, you're just going to rephrase it all. Life got in the way. There we go. That's it's it. Like, I like that. Uh, I'll give you my initial write-up of his memoirs that I've been working on. <laughs> Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself so we can get <laughs> the version? Yeah. Uh, I am Aaron. I do all things technical and all things uh, Tim memoir. So I've been, we've built some cool stuff. We've got Cloud Chain. It does Web3 loyalty programs. Um, we've got the quarter machine collection with our NFT vending machine. If you haven't seen that, it's pretty cool. You can check it out on our Twitter over at quarter machine. And we're working on a couple of games. One of them I can talk about a little bit more than the other over at our game studio and web three studio unnamed, uh, which you might hear Tom bill is unnamed technology, even though we dropped the technology like six or seven months ago. Uh, but it does. I updated, build... the, I updated all of our logos. Look. Yeah, you did. I did. did. Do I still say the name technology sometimes? Yeah, but that's because it's on one thing that we share and in Slack. So that's probably. I also feel like I need to update your title here on the Docs video because it says technical co-founder, and while it does say technically a co-founder, well, that's uh, that's (laughs) like my brain reads it is like technically he's a co-founder. Yeah, so they they get it. Uh, But I build all the backend stuff, and we'll oversee a pretty awesome ragtag team of developers and other people that work on all of the fun stuff that hopefully you guys interact with like community chess which is what we should be shilling which is our free chess that you can open and get free things like nfts from appreciators and nothing says web3 more than free everybody likes free in web3 um 
let's yep. talk let's talk a little bit about uh what this episode's going to be about so yeah we can 100 percent shill uh what what's been built for community chess but this entire episode is going to be about marketing so web3 marketing uh self-brand marketing uh company marketing anything that has to do with marketing and branding uh we can and should touch on in this episode uh and since aaron started uh kind of what community chest is um, let me let me kind of pass it back to you. Uh, let's talk about um, we'll talk about one what what community chest is. Go a little bit deeper. Uh, I'll be able to touch on reaching out to people um, uh, and, and companies. But yeah, first, just tell everybody really what commu- uh, what community chests are. Yeah, I think it was a good marketing push for all of the projects we interacted with, as well as Quarter Machine itself. Um, but collabs in the NFT space, I think, are a little busted right now. And a lot of the time, it's just, you know, we'll do one small event, and that's that's a collab. And it's like, okay, so you guys are commingling groups. So be it. Um, but it doesn't feel like there's much value there, because you can just already do that with the people that, you know, you want to meet. So if you're involved in the project. Uh, with Community Chess, we basically made it so there's no real buy-in to any of these projects, right? Other than the fact that you can come on to quarter machine you have to join our discord so we made it so congratulations you're in another discord <laughs> and you have to get to level two it's it's pretty easy i think it's like five or ten messages in our discord maybe even less and then you can hop on and spin a community chest and for all of our collaborators we have put in something from their project so i think we work with subducts um appreciators uh just ape um, and I'm missing at least one other one. 3D Frankenpunks are going to be in there soon. Um, yep. Yeah. And then we have our friends over at Num Fungible Fungi. Yeah, it's pretty dope. So every day you can go on and you can you have a chance to win something um, just for logging on and saying GM on Twitter and yeah. having us like it. <laughs> so it that, that's very much is like that. Uh, so the concept of um, a community chest or a big collaboration chest within uh, active communities in Web3 actually also came from uh, the unnamed team uh, because they're the ones that built meta chests. Uh, if you guys are familiar with Quarter Machine, um, one of the assets uh, that I don't think I mentioned in my initial spiel was Pirate Keys. Uh, and one of the utilities for Pirate Keys uh, beyond showing up in episodes is that uh, we built meta chests. And meta chests are digital chests token gated by your key and every day. By the way, it just reset. It literally just hit 10 a.m. So we could all go in and like I could live spin on on the show and see if I win That's something on community chest. podcasting right there. I think that's right. Hey, guys, wait one it. second while I try to win some ETH yeah. or an NFT or yeah, a give, give it a couple minutes. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let it run. But yeah, we can actually give a, a quick demo. Yeah, it'd be that. fun to do. Um but yeah, so uh, we have this activation built for community and in building something super unique, literally unlike anything else that's in the space um, and, and open to collaboration. We were like, let's let's open this up and have people just see what's being built. So it kind of goes inside with, yes, this um, go, it coincides with. Uh, yeah, this is a great activation. It's a great way to collab outside communities uh, and bring people in to see what we're doing. But also, just like Aaron said, this was a massive marketing push. It was allowing people to see, one, what Quarter Machine has to offer, uh, because as soon as people are in there, they're obviously going to do their own research uh, and see what this this project is that is offering this free activation for outside communities, literally at no cost. Um, and because of that, and it's not massive, but I think it speaks a lot, is now we have active community members inside our Discord. We also, because of this reason and because people have seen what we have pushed out over the past year, have new holders, which is insane to me that like we literally free marketed to outside people. And then those outside people were like, cool, this is dope. I'm I'm in. And they buy in. And now we have new holders. Um, yeah, so that's been that's been super cool. Um I want to talk a little bit about reaching out to communities um, because uh, for for me, I see a lot of collaboration efforts and I'm going to I'm going to try to tread very lightly on this. But what you said, something I wrote it down, Aaron, and you say collabs are busted. 
and I can't agree more because it hurts me to to know that like uh, I get DMs every day. And it's like, hey, like I'm with XYZ NFT project. I don't know if XYZ is a real project. Just so you know, that's me just saying I don't know the name of this project. Um, but yeah, XYZ sure. NFT project. And we're, we're happy to collaborate. I want to be able to offer you guys 25, 35 allow list spots for your community. And I just I have a hard time going like this is this is not a collaboration. What do you so you're you're trying to, you know, become more liquid based off of the people that we have cultivated within a community and giving them access to spend more money as a utility and collaboration for me as a person. I mean, I've been a part of a 100 different discords that still treat uh, allow list as that collab. But for me, it doesn't feel that way. I'd be happy to kind of pass it off to you guys and see if you feel that way also it's slowed down the allow list, it's terrible like the allow list piece has slowed down i'm in quite a few discords and i check the giveaway um the ones that used to do it uh, a lot um which I, I probably won't name drop um yeah. that i'm in uh they it's like only one or two a week or sorry like one or two a day but it used to be like five at a day for like months months and these are projects that have been around for over a year because not everybody's going to want to be on an allow list for you know um i I, this might be my only swear on here but i am about to swear so cover your ears but i don't want to be on like shit dumpster fire project it's allow list i'm so tired of it so um no i can't i don't i don't disagree uh tim what what are your thoughts and feelings i mean i think that they're legitimately used to be at least perceived value and probably real value in being on those lists because there was not the supply that we have now. I mean, there just weren't nearly as many projects and there weren't nearly as many projects that were, you know, backed by other projects. And I think it's just a numbers game, to be honest. I mean, like Aaron just said, like, I'm so sick of that. Right. Well, you wouldn't, we weren't sick of it the first time or five times or 10 times. It felt exclusive it was a good tactic to make you feel like there was, oh, look, I'm in this community. And because of that, I have this benefit to get into this community. But now there's 50,000 communities, 100,000 communities, 200,000 communities. And it's as, you know, a, a quote unquote consumer in the space. How many communities can I join meaningfully? How many do I care to join meaningfully? There's overlap in IP. There's overlap in visuals. There's overlap in brand identity names you know, mission statements, roadmaps, all this stuff blends together. And at a certain point, like I'm not looking for new ones, right? I'm dealing with 50 discords I'm already in. I'm not really looking to get into five more. You know what I mean? I think, I think, I mean, that's well said. Um, I, they also creates an internal dilemma for projects like our own projects that we're launching where now that let's just call it the old way of marketing is, dead and gone it's no longer acceptable it's not interesting the grind is gone go ahead Aaron I disagree that it's gone I think it's just more curated like if there's a project that I'm interested in I'll still do the thing like what's the thing what's the thing I'll fill out a really long form or I would grind in discord if I absolutely thought it was worth it right it's just I think what what it, it happens in every industry so this isn't just like the nft industry it's it's all industries where you, if something is buzzword E, then you get a huge surge of people that want to make money and they don't want to deliver long-term value. And the bear market's really good because we weed out a lot of it, but it's still there. Um, but I still join new discords, right? Like I still look at new projects. Um, I'm looking at adventures right now. Um, I'm in one called Empire Duels. How'd you find it? Uh, I, a lot of it's, uh, some of it's Twitter, some of it's through, like, I look up games, a lot of games in the blockchain space. Um, and then some of it is alpha and other servers. Like I do see, I follow alpha callers in some of the servers I'm in and I'll take a look. Um, but well, we could have a whole discussion about our alpha callers a sham just, uh, but that's, I think another topic for <laughs> another say day. that for the marketing one. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Sorry, we don't want to. So wait, I want to ask. I want to ask you something though. Do anyway. you feel that we experienced back in Bull Run nearly a year ago that grind, that regular grind, where there was over allocation for mints, like there is now? I because I don't think so. I feel like over allocation wasn't a thing back then. Uh, I hate over allocation. I get it. It's a product, like 
totally get it. Like you want to make sure you're going to sell out and like, if you sell out then that's a part of the value you're bringing is exclusivity, right? Like yeah. I wasn't able to get this. Um, a good example of this was cock punch over allocated a gigantic number of people so that it didn't even make it through its first it's literally phase. what I was going to bring up. Perfect. Yeah, it, it didn't. And I got onto the, I think second list and it didn't even make it to me. And they had three lists, I think, before public, or maybe they just had two in public. So fact check me there. But um, uh, it was crazy because they overallocated. It sold out so fast. Yeah, you were on and, a premint list. You were yeah, on a premint list for it, and it never contract. actually made it to premint list uh, because it was that overallocated. And for me, yeah. as a project goes, I mean, obviously, there's different intentions when it comes to person minting. Uh, openly, if I was to mint it, I would have flipped it. I had zero interest in project. It would have been literally free money at that point. Um, but, uh, that for me left a bad taste in my mouth regardless. And I was like, I'm not interested regardless. I'm done. It's off my radar gone. The only people that were talking about it were people in the space that had multiple holds and were pumping their own bags, which is a whole nother, again, a whole nother cup of tea, but yeah, no, um, but for me, it's one of those things like I and then we can we can kind of transition this to the stuff that we launched uh, and how we're marketing it um, and kind of being able to share in what we think is going correctly and what we think is we could use some work on. So um, like I'm, I'm going to harp on the organic marketing side because I, I think there's a lot of potential in it. But obviously, it's one of those things that is tough. Um, it's it's very much like my background. In like the YouTube space, we used to say like small tweaks uh, can turn into big peaks. So uh, knowing that you have good content, but a really terrible thumbnail, you look at anything that you are marketing organically as a funnel. So if we can get people in the original funnel, we can kind of funnel them down to whether we want them to go to a different place, add an email, add us on Twitter, uh, do all these things. The Where the peak is, is the hardest part for me uh, of marketing. Uh, and we've all talked about this uh, in in our own uh, private meeting stuff, and I think it's important we bring it out. Is uh, our brands, <clears throat> our brands? Um, oh, geez, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, our ba- our brands are segmented into actually two different markets, um, where we have uh, a very professional market, uh, that which I feel is unnamed. Uh, and it's it's curated for uh, more of a, a, a business brand uh, or, or builder in the space. And then we have an NFT project, which debatably is for DGENs. And whatever we're building within those two brands and businesses, we literally have to go, OK, we have two separate audiences. Uh, so when it comes to marketing for me, in my humble opinion, you almost have to take two separate paths. But yeah, no, I, I think, think that's a good point. And if I can say like why I, I think it's challenging is because I think when you're in a situation like that, um, and I'm open to pushback here, I think the hard part is you have to be prepared to do both well all the time. You can't pick one or the other. And the example would be like, um, you know, when when Nike designs a brand new limited edition sneaker. They're, they're designed like that is for two different groups. Two different groups are going to camp out for that. You're going to have the people who want to snatch them up and resell them. And you're going to have the people who are sneakerheads and want to have it and are into the culture and they're diehard and they want that more than anything. And the problem is like, I mean, Nike's Nike. They don't have any trouble, right? Getting those lines filled up or having people camp out for their shoes. But as you're trying to grow a brand, how do you, how do you prepare to make sure that you have something that's a, a, appealing, for lack of a better word, to the people who want to be able to go stake out, take it with money, that's your degen play, that's your flipper, that's your pump your own bags people, for better or worse, and also prepare for somebody who legitimately might want what you're building so that they're taken care of and spoken to correctly. And I feel like if you ignore either one in the space right now, it can be problematic. You know, like how do you, you don't, I don't know if you pick a lane. I think you just have to be prepared to deliver for both, both people. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, it's tough for me to consider pump your own bag people uh, as part of the ecosystem, but I, I definitely agree that they're, they're an equal part to, to the system that they are representing. 
um, pump your own bag people for me uh, most recently was the Goblin Town pump. Uh, as Aaron knows, I was devastated because I was so ready to pull the trigger on like <clears throat> a 0. 0.65, 0. 0.7 Goblin. Um, there was a little bit of, or let's just say, organic marketing from potential Yuga Lab collab, uh, and it pumped to like 1.4, and which is just, it's always out of my thing. And it bummed me out because what I was watching weren't people that were interested in a project. They were interested in the pump, but right. equally helpful. So equally helpful for the long term for their project, because what that does is that's going to bring in, you know, revenue to even if it's a small percentage, even if it's small secondary percentage, it's helping the project in the long run. And it's part of the economy. Um Right. But you, you just pointed out the tension. How did that make you feel as the not, you know, D Jenny play on that? You were the person who legit wanted it would have been a long term hold. I mean, you're still not part of the community as a result now. Rub it in. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you probably you're not discouraged or anything because they didn't do anything. But I mean, obviously, the way you told the story, you weren't feeling good about. No, I happened. wasn't. And it was funny. Uh, somebody checked me on Twitter because of it, because like I said something very much like I just said, I said it was devastating. Uh, and they were like, why are you hating on, on the pump? And I was just like, because it's bringing in people that don't want to be here. Like it's bringing, and they were like, it's irrelevant. Like it's bringing in people. So whether they buy and sell and hold, it's going to bring in more people. It's going to bring in more money. It means that the team that is behind it, if you do believe in team and you believe in product, you believe in what's happening, it's irrelevant. Spoken it, like somebody who made money on that pump. Spoken like somebody that pumped it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Like that's the point, right? It's it's That's like saying it doesn't matter who the customer is then as long as there's money flowing through your door. And to me, that's that's like, I mean, it's almost like a cop out. Now I'll get added. But <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. There's volume. Volume is royalties. Royalties is funding for the company I, I that's behind it. I, I completely understand that. But at the end of the day, if you're truly trying to build something for a customer profile, we're talking about marketing. Let's talk about, you know, customer profile. Who is this for? What problem are you solving? What are you building? Um you know, to say, look, it doesn't matter if we connect with those people or not, as long as money's flowing through the door. I just don't I, I don't know if that's the answer. It may be like a short term acceptable situation, but it doesn't yeah. sound like the answer. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't disagree. I have a hard time. I have a hard time accepting it. I think I think I can agree in certain aspects with it. I have a hard time accepting it, especially when I see it uh, from communities I'm a part of. People saying like this needs more eyes, but then the same people are under sweeping floor and then reselling instantly. Well, the people that could have should have bought those things where you say we need more eyes are the people that should be buying them, not you to literally find like liquidity within the community that you feel like you're fighting. And, well, and, and while, this is, while this is largely, um, you know, a lot of the people I know who do a lot of this, you know, art, they look at the art, they talk about how it's art. I understand that that's the, you know, there are a lot of people who this is art collecting, whatever. I think as we try to push for more adoption in actual use case areas, this is going to become more and more problematic from a marketing and just a business perspective. And that is, I won't, I won't name any names either, but. Maybe we should start naming names. Maybe that's maybe the move that Doc starts doing is we just yeah, start doxing other people and calling them out on their shit. <laughs> um, no, like, look, look at look at block, the state of blockchain games right now. Right. It's you know, they, they can have sell thousands of assets for their game, but they don't have thousands of players. Right. And so you have this weird tension where the, the NFT is required in order for somebody to play your game. So you built a game that can only be played and enjoyed by somebody who has an NFT. Then you go and you sell the NFTs, but you know, of all the people who buy those NFTs, most of them are, are doing what we just talked about. They're there to try to pump them or ride it, or they think it's going to be worth something later. They're not there to play your game. And so as a result, we see, you know, in practice, a lot of these games don't have very many players which makes the game suffer. And then because the game's suffering, when somebody thinks about becoming a player, it's not as fun an experience for them. It just kind of seems to be this weight right now. And so I feel like if 
as long as there are these two competing audiences for the product, one being the potential actual user of the product that you want to reach, and the other being this kind of market participant for better or worse, hey, at least we're volume, don't don't thud on the on the you know rally or whatever. As as long as those folks are competing, you're I think we're gonna see impacts on use case, right? Maybe not in JPEG collecting, but in use cases, I think sure. it's going to be a problem. Aaron, I want to bring you back into the conversation too, uh, and kind of share, um, we'll bring, we'll, we'll bring it back on track with regards to marketing in our own, uh, in our own experiences. Uh, why don't you tell listeners kind of what we built and released this past, uh, week, uh, and kind of how that relates to an effort for us to market, um, to a new audience and kind of what we're experiencing with it. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull it up. So I'll share screen to kind of show people what it looks like too. Yeah. You mean other than community chess? So we, Oh, I was, I was going to go route of click to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we brought out, so that this is unnamed and, uh, delivering multiple activations in one week. Um, so (laughs) kind of getting back to it, I think with pre-selling all that stuff, uh, they're getting the money and then building we're building and then we're selling. So I think pirate nation did a really good job of that. Like they sold their NFT and then within two weeks you were playing the game. So they had already built that. That's because they're, they're, they come from an established company, the original team with us, we've been building and now we're starting to put our marketing efforts behind um, all the stuff we're building. So we already have done a lot of world building and we pushed out something called Click to the Moon, um, which essentially plays right into the lore and the world that we've created over at Future Proof. Um, and uh, it is a little bit cryptic, but we made it easier based on some feedback we got. Uh, but there's a way for you to get something if you figure it out. Um, so Click to the Moon is our initial funnel, essentially, for our marketing efforts. And our first piece of us creating this world for other people to dive into that we've been working on so that if they start to dive into what we're doing, um, it's interactive and engaging and they can get things right while we're building and wrapping this up. So rather than, okay, let's sell this NFT project and then we're going to spend the next one to three years building, but we don't know how to build and we're going to come out with some garbage game that you're going to play in your browser that you could just play on mini clip 10 or 15 years ago. Right. So, um, click to the moon is a browser-based clicker uh, where it, it has things like a combo uh, that gets harder. So every 10 clicks, it gets harder. So you can see how you can get. I won't say what the limit is because then you guys will be like, I, the highest I can get to is X and secretly that's the limit. So uh, you can figure that one out. Um, but we're basically filling out paperwork for Sentry Defense, which is a big company in our world that we built. Um, and there's some more to it. Uh, so we actually, as part of this, have released a couple of what other projects would call a couple of activations together. Uh, but you'll have to click on click to the moon to figure out how to get to that second activation. It's live. Um, and if you figure it out, awesome. Um, so I don't yeah. want to give away. Yeah, no, I don't want to want to share too much. Um, I do want to talk about kind of the organic path that we we chose funnel wise to, to go. And uh, that route was trying to obviously tap into the viral marketing of, um, of what Click to the Moon is, but also uh, via that activation utilizing Twitter. Um, and for me personally, like I love I love the virality of Twitter. Like, I think Twitter is where any marketing should, could be going. Uh, And with that being said, I kind of hope that discords die. Uh, And don't get me wrong. I love our community in discord, but I would much rather spend my time on Twitter because there's so much more opportunity for more people to find things. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to click it. If you are watching the video, by the way, yes, podcast, but we keep referring to the visuals that we're sharing. Uh, If you do find doxed on um, Spotify, uh, you are able to watch us uh, live uh, our faces speaking and showing you things on a computer, but (laughs) via click to the moon, um, there is a, there's a Twitter, uh, logo and in doing it, we automated that you can share how much you've actually clicked to the moon. Uh, this is wrong. We're at, you actually get 
times two. Yeah, and then you get times two, so it makes you click to the moon faster. You're essentially stacking paper to get to the moon. Uh, but that's the move we did, and in using uh, a searchable hashtag, we're able to find you. And that's what I like about uh, I like about the funnel. I think it's I'm cool. like being able to find you. <clears throat> I do. Well, I'm, I'm not. I I don't add people personally. But I do like seeing people that share it and then trying to backtrack how they could have found it. That's what fascinates me about like trying to viral market to people. Um, and that's hard. Obviously, if if you could viral market, if you could guarantee that you are going to viral market something, why wouldn't you? Obviously, yeah. why wouldn't you organic viral market? Um, but you don't know until you try. Um, but I love I love what we've what we've kind of built and, and planned out and and have there. So um, shuttle subtle shill. Uh, check out click to the moon dot com. If you're if you're listening to this, um, lots of fun secrets. And even if you think you found them, the likelihood is you didn't. And there will be more. So yeah, if you did, then check back because there will be more. Exactly. There will be more. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, one of my favorite things, uh, and Aaron said this in our meetings too, that marketing is your favorite thing. You just wish you did it better. I kind of yeah. feel the same way. I like. I I think. I think we're okay at it as like collective, but uh, I have a very hard time. I'm going to get off of this. I have a very hard time um, thinking that I'm doing something wrong, and I have to keep recentering that. Like, even professional marketers, if they are trying to organic organic market market organically um it's a learning there's a learning curve to all of it too so yeah um i just wanted to bring that up i wanted a subtle shill click to the moon um what else do we want to talk about with regards to marketing so i i think uh it, we, we sort of dove in but a lot of stuff we do coming up is going to do with gaming and we didn't highlight like marketing and web3 gaming uh, to the point where it like you guys talked about how there's two separate audiences and how do you combine them? I, I agreed with something that you guys said earlier where you guys were talking about board ape marketing. Um, and then this will be the last piece. I agree with Tim who just DM me. Uh, I have a bunch of, we, I like our segments of being the main segment and then we'll get into news and then we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about regular week. But anyway, I like um, to keep people on their toes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, but we talked about board apes a little bit there and they basically pre-sold their project and now they're building a game, right? Like, and I already talked about how I like that building the game at least to a degree and then selling, but they didn't know that board apes were going to be that thing, right? That kind of defined what an alpha NFT project looks like. So I think it's really important for games that are coming out to make sure they understand who their target audience is and market to them. And if they need money, then their target audience becomes DGENs, right? It is. But if they want to get that long-term player base, then they actually need to somehow either flip the script later or market to both at the same time. And we'll see as games do it. A good example of a failed project that um, like didn't really understand their audience was, uh, I, like I don't know if you guys even know about this. Uh, maybe because I think we've talked about it, but... Um, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah, like, I, anytime that like somebody's gonna say something and call out, I'm like, oh, well, what's what here? Yeah, they, they acknowledge it. Um, but the Ubisoft Tezos, uh, they put like assets on Tezos, and the entire game community flipped out. So, and they were like, oh, we did, we never did that. They just like erasered that from the history of Ubisoft. So, Square Enix just doubled down. Yeah, which is really cool. They got hate on it, and they came out and said, "Nope, we're doing it this year." Like, they well, they had a big push a couple of years ago with mobile apps, um, Square Enix, where they yeah. were basically buying into that quick turnaround. They wanted to make money on mobile apps, and so they released a ton of them, like these terrible mobile games. They're not fun. They're not fun. No, I, Square Enix I mean, it also games. got them to port a lot of their classics onto onto mobile, which I won't complain about. I think it's important yeah. that like companies like that that are stepping from Web 2 into Web 3 have a presence much like uh, Wendy's does in a space where like there's there's no like there's no I'm sorry's like it's like if somebody's if somebody's footing something that a major corporation is is doing they have a marketing or media manager that's just like shut up like i think that's hilarious yeah. and i think i think outside people myself is um, um, when i'm saying outside people i say like me 
but like I Every like seeing outsider. I, outsider. I do, but like I still consider myself semi D Jenny. Like I I like the idea of like being mean to people in a public forum. I think it's hilarious, and when major companies do it. I think it's great, honestly. And I'm not a I like I'd say like I'm not a fan. I like when uh I like when Wendy's does it. I also like when um Elon Musk does it because his audience is so big it becomes unfair to the person that wants to fight him. And I think that's hilarious. Like if you're gonna pick a battle, you're gonna pick a battle with like a billionaire guy that has like 40 million followers. Yeah, good job. Real smooth yeah. move. So I think it's humanizing. I, mean, I don't know about the Elon Musk thing. I, he's already pretty humanized, but you know, like Wendy's, like, I think it is, I think it's humanizing to see them act like somebody else might act on Twitter. Right. Like well, we even had that conversation uh, about docs. So like, obviously we've kept, we've kept docs fairly uh, straight and narrow and we've always had a plan and we've always had um, a way That's that we, you that we speak. That with Elon Musk by doxing his airplane location, right, Tom? Yeah, who did that? Somebody did that, right? He banned people. He like banned a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah. But we've had that conversation about like the podcast where we're like, okay, and then as soon as we get off, we're like, oh shit, that was so long. We're like, why don't we swear? Why don't? Why do we? Uh, as three dudes that have personalities outside of a podcast, not fully expressed. Well, we tell Aaron he's not allowed to share exactly what's I in his to, brain. He also doesn't have a personality outside of this. I'll continue to be like this. That's okay. But let me take my money so then I can start to say things that it, no one can be like, oh, that might be just said it to 10%. That's <laughs> Well, it sounds like I'm a lot worse, so I'm not. So no, I'm no, he's good. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I think it's important to know, like, maybe maybe you notice that this is the first episode that, like, sometimes we're, we're speaking freely on. We're still not calling out people. Not yet. Wait until the next episode. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's important when it comes to marketing, especially for people being human, uh, companies being run by humans. Not everything is, um, set in stone when it comes to a voice. Uh, it, there's uh, flexibility with what's being said, how it's being said, how people interact between other people. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how to tie this in, but it did make me think of, uh, how much we have all been playing, uh, with AI and how uh, how the future of AI, whether it's art gen or text gen, uh, can potentially be used in marketing too. Uh, I know that for myself and, and you guys, obviously, with conception, uh, conceptualizing artwork and stuff. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of shifts happening right now in uh, in our world, and it's kind of cool. It's super cool to see. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's well, uh, let's let's transition though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's go to headlines. So uh, I did want to you, you touch briefly on Yuga. I don't know if you guys um, heard about like the Yuga game that's coming out now too. Sewer Pass. Did you hear about the Sewer Pass? Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, literally yeah. just about to bring up. Um, it's cool to see such a large project not have to do any marketing because everybody's doing it for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Wolf Game is also kind of thrown in here because I don't know if you saw like speaking of not doing their own marketing um wolfgang somebody posted a thread on twitter on how they took like two eth and turned it into a crypto punk yeah i so saw i saw that thread i did yeah right and that's marketing and that's that's super organic and wolfgang has really never put a lot of effort into their marketing right like from what i can tell mm -hmm. uh so getting something like that that's a great story if the objective is earning right uh wolfgang to me i'd rather play something like sunflower land that's more fun but anyway, to reel it back into, you know, uh, the sewer pass, I've got it up here. Um, it's a claimable, right? So they've got to uh, like actually go on. So I think it's mutant apes and board apes go on and they actually claim. Aaron, the what's the pass. website? It's it's weird, right? It's like MX something or. Uh, here, I'll pull up the tweet. So yeah, pull up, it I'm going to I can pull up the tweet, too, um, yeah, because I can pull it up and we can all peek at it. Uh, I was literally on it this morning because I was trying to figure out if I was going to be able to play not being a holder of anything uh, or if to have access, I would have to like borrow somebody's like dog or whatever else. 
Yeah, uh, no, mdvmm.xyz. You'll have to buy the sewer pass to play their dorky dash. Yeah. Um, is the sewer pass going to be open to anybody and everybody? No. Nope. Yeah. Only board apes and mutant apes can claim the sewer pass. Do you think sewer passes are going to have longevity within the ecosystem? Or do you think it's going to be like, that's done, we're done with it, that was for a single activation? They have to make everything that they give out long term. I know. They don't have a choice. So every time they give out something, it has to be long term. If you had the money, if you had the money right now, and I'm not saying you don't, I'm just, I don't know. If you could buy, you don't. Okay, good. Me neither. If you could buy a dog, a mutant, or a regular board ape right now, do you think it would be, not financial advice, do you think it would be a good move? Would you advise somebody to do it? Would you advise somebody to do it? Not financial advice? (laughs) No, I'm asking, would you do it? I wouldn't. Really? Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it. I, I like the concept of board apes. They're delivering, so there's nothing like. For once, I have nothing bad to say. It's literally you're joining a top tier community, right? I've gotten a lot of out, a lot out of my dead fella, right? Um, but I wouldn't. I can't justify spending floors. What a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars at seven eighty? Yeah, a hundred eight thousand. Did you hear how they're making uh, the ape coin deflationary in this game? No, they are in the sewer game. Yeah, you can buy power ups. You'll be able to buy power ups with uh, with ape coin. Yeah, they have to give it a use case. Because mm-hmm. what's the use case right now for ape coin? Nothing. It's a token that has monetary yeah. value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So well, that's good. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. I wish it was. I wish it was more community chess like that. I could get in and and play some game to potentially win something. If I if I send some time into sewer surfing, you know, this is what it's yeah. supposed to look like. That goes back to what I was saying earlier. Is you're making a product like a game. I think you you know, and I'm not saying they didn't. They probably did put a lot of thought into this. But I think people generally need to put a lot of thought into is this a closed experience? And it, it sounds like it is, right. or it's and, at least they, gated I token mean, or monetary. They're yeah. big enough, right? And that's why I brought up Nike in my busted analogy earlier. I mean, you can make a closed experience and they're probably no worse for it. But if you're a startup and you're trying to get exposure and you're trying to prove yourself still, right? It makes me wonder if completely closing stuff off is the right move. It'd be like recording a song and then never letting anyone hear it and then wondering why nobody's talking about your awesome song. You yeah, know? no, that's it's a super good point. Um, I'm super curious to see. I mean, it's got to be smooth. And uh, without without fudding our own experience, um, could you imagine having the amount of people that are going to be touching this game on launch January 18th uh, experience some of the hiccups, bugs, uh, or things that we experienced in community chest and how that would feel and look to a community like board ape, mutant ape, dogs, whatever else. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were hiccups. Even, even there's even some of the biggest branded activations in the space have hiccups still, still yeah. up to a month or two ago, right? Like there are still major, major brands that have to pause and restart mint or have to you know, take a website down and put it back up. I mean, that stuff still very much happens. And I don't think it's a huge, like, I don't think it's as big a problem, I guess, as others, because I still, it's, to me, it's early adoption and it's early building and it's just part of it. But that's a really understanding answer. I just, I mean, you don't, you don't, I, I don't think you make I'm up the majority. I don't think you make up the majority of the way people feel in the space though, Tim. Probably <laughs> not, but no. you know, it, yeah, it's yeah. I don't yeah, know. It's definitely still, there's still a lot of people learning a lot of stuff. And anytime you try to push the, the envelope or you try to do something new or innovative, like I, I mean, I almost expect it to break a little bit. That's how you learn where the limits are, how to build a better next time. But sure, well said. Um, I think that's the major headline. That's kind of all I want to talk about uh, with regards to he- unless you guys have something else. All right, I got one quick headline. Yeah, hit me. So I saw a piece, uh, can't give it credit because I don't remember where it was from, but it pulled together, I think so far, eight different FTX film adaptations that are already in the works. Jeez. So 
that's eight. I think there's one with like, uh, I mean, the, the the Michael Lewis book is potentially being adapted. Amazon Prime's working on one. Graham Moore's working on one. Um, like there were a bunch. And so I don't want to talk about FTX a lot, but I'm going to put it to you guys. Who's going to play SBF? Cast it. Me. I hope it's me. Oh my God. I'd have so much fun. <laughs> you really got to stop going to the gym if that's the case. You know that, right? Like you're going to. I would do it to play SBF. I mean, um, at this point, I could just play him. Like, you got some catching up to do, buddy. They, it's, uh, <laughs> it would be good to see somebody like um, oh, uh, Jonah Hill play him. I could see that. Yeah. He's a good actor. And I think he would depict it well. Um, and I remember him in Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, see that I think I think more importantly it would have to be directed by the right person because I was just actually funny I was just watching a Jonah Hill interview where he talks about his acting in Wolf of Wall Street where who directed Wolf of Wall Street first and foremost Scorsese yeah Scorsese did and he let Jonah do what he wanted where um what else what other way he was in something else where he was another interesting character but had more direction in his acting and I feel wasn't as good of a performance. So I think if, if somebody like a Scorsese allowed him to be SPF, it would be a super unique experience and, and acting role. Uh, so, yeah, that's my, my yeah. humble opinion, though, too. The problem is, like, about those types of movies, like The Social Network, I never saw. But all those guys are awkward, like, which so how they obviously, like, make it more appealing for a movie. But I don't think, like, I wouldn't really want to watch SPF in real life, right? Like, I don't want to watch him talk. So, I, I don't know. It'll be a little bit too lavish for me. That's why I didn't watch The Social Network. Like, it's I've super funny talk. you say that because I was talk. literally thinking, I was trying to think of his name. And he was in Social Network, Jesse Eisenberg. Like, I could see being SPF, like, if, if they got yeah, I don't him. know if I like him as much as, as the Jonah Hill. Well, he's kind yeah. of arrogant. Like, his character portrayal is arrogant. And I think, I think it would play well. To, to like an yeah. SPF character. I just keep picturing him as Lex Luthor and sorry. Mm, that'd sorry, be tough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys follow SBF or, or saw a bunch of tweets, but he tweeted two hours ago too. I was going to send it over to you. What, what I don't want to dive into it too much. There's a lot of numbers on it. I'll, I'll drop it really quickly in our, in our group. Uh, you can get me your first takes on it. I don't even know what it is. I saw it and I didn't have time to jump into it beforehand. Obviously this is only from two hours ago. Uh, as of January twelfth, oh, he tweeted this. He tweeted this. Oh, so, yeah. um, it's a lot to unpack without actually diving into it. Um, but it's from yeah, uh, Sam Bankman Freeze Substack. Um, a summary in mid-November, FTX uh, International became effectively insol- insolvent. Oh, guys, hang on. I want to read this, but I have to subscribe to his Substack. You think I should pay him monthly? Oh, do, do you really have to subscribe to it? Yeah, if you scroll, well, I mean, I tried scrolling down and it said discover. Oh, but well, you can still read past his little stupid oh, okay. pop up. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, you know, oh. the guy's trying. He's trying. To try. <laughs> It'd be great if his if his tweet uh, updated in real time and it said like you know they effectively became insolvent to like now they have six dollars now they have twelve dollars now they have eighteen dollars. <laughs> 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 Uh, but yeah, so oh, I can actually. I'm sorry, guys. I could have pulled this up on uh, on our visual. Uh, this was uh, yeah. So this is what was released um, from uh, Mr. Sam Bankman Fried. But um, that's other news. I want to move on to to our rug of the week and have it not be uh, Sam Bankman. Wait, 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 wait. We yeah. we've got we've timeline wise. Uh, we got one. We can cover one more thing. Okay. Um, so, and I do want to talk about it because I've been saying this for, I think, literally since I was in high school. So well over a decade. Are you allowed to say it on the podcast? Because yes. this is, okay, I didn't know. Yes. <laughs> and and in, in, anyway, uh, that's one I'll, I'll keep in. So um, I've been saying that uh, in VR and metaverse, like, I think they're eventually going to combine. That's one of the things I've been saying. Um, because one, it's the same audience you're marketing to. It's people that are buying it. It's still early adopters on VR. Um, and we're going to see that same sort of shift. Uh, and now they're talking about, and I've been saying this, their haptic vests already, you can get a haptic suit 
you can get um, what's it called the the Omni treadmill, and you can walk in VR. Great, mm -hmm. not everybody's going to do that. I'm going to as soon as I'm have enough money to. So uh, I'll have a uh, a rat circus, and then I'll have my VR setup. They're adding uh, other senses, so they're adding smell to VR. No, so, they're not. Yeah, and metaverse. Yes, okay. they are. Yes, I sent you a link. You can pull it up on screen. Yeah, let me um, pull something up. They are literally working on olfactory VR, okay. and they're testing right now how it affects psychology. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, like touch and smell, touch already exists. You can get haptic, but they're going to make touch better. This is something that we need because think about it. We with controllers, they vibrate right when you get attacked, and sure. like I think even the new controllers, like you, they can choose where they vibrate, and they can different levels. So we're getting closer to just haptic with controllers. But I think for it to actually be in a good spot, VR, when I pick something up, the controller needs to, like, the, I need to be wearing something that's really lightweight that'll stop me and, like, it'll feel like I'm holding the sword. You know what I mean? Or if I have a sword in, in the metaverse. And I think that'll be good for us actually getting a metaverse because as of today, uh, metaverses obviously aren't super successful. So I don't I'm know glad what you guys brought this up because, I mean, it's not something I, I planned on talking about on Doxed. Obviously, like my background on YouTube is very tech oriented. So I try to keep a close eye on CES and CES is going on. Um, and this morning I was literally watching an article uh, on the haptic gloves and the haptic vests that they have coming out, which are super cool. I didn't know anything about the, the smell sense, but that's <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, here's the, the thing. Uh, what kind of person is going to go out and buy all these like peripherals to be able to live smell Dude, I was just gonna look at least one so. <laughs> yeah, he looks like this <laughs> how many how many okay, you have to get to <laughs> it's gonna be like having like the world's most elaborate wonky like laser printer you're gonna be like out of earthy smell toner and you're gonna have to like not have any smells till you refill your earthy smell cartridge so it can blend it with the well at least you like, get to look cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an idiot yeah, I mean that's a lot of stuff, man. You putting on your smell helmet, your your smell <laughs> AR goggles. You got your smell helmet on. Smell patent <laughs> pending, <laughs> patent pending. That's right. Here. Welcome to your the future. Put on your smell helmet. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I can imagine tech support for this. Okay. I will say this, though. I mean, this is this is very unique in respects to what it is. So all that means is that there will be I future iteration. You love that. I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, I'm this much closer to never having to go outside again. Can't wait. <laughs> it would be easier just work on that neural link so that you at least think you're smelling something, even though they don't have to pump the smell out. That's right. The Matrix, man. Yeah, yeah, I will get there. I think um, in our lifetime, I think that we're gonna have something that can do that, and it will be able to simulate the brain in the ways that it thinks uh, our olfactory senses are smelling something. Um, yeah, it seems like the better way than trying to replicate every smell on Earth. It's not like a way to like, like. Yeah, I don't know. I I it doesn't interest me. You I don't see your smellmet cartridges. Tom. Your, your smell <laughs> Maybe the very first smellmet will just come with two smells, good and bad. <laughs> Good and bad. It's just, it's just, it's just farting flowers. Oh. If they say two after hours, they can take here all the things we want to smell. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, guys. Just a heads up. Uh, this is this will officially be the first time we record uh, Doxed After Dark. <laughs> uh, it's not really called After Dark. It's just our post show uh, where we're where we're a little bit. I would say a little bit more free, but this episode has been pretty fun uh, and, and wild. But uh, yeah, we just we just keep it moving after we do our official sign offs, uh, and it's just a little bonus. Uh, we did mention, I think, in a previous episode about Docs launching uh, a cloud chain card or cards at one point, um, and the the post show will end up being uh, kind of a bonus unlockable uh, at the point where it does get released. So just a heads up. Um, yeah, this is cool. Just you look so stupid. I can't get on board with it. Oh no! Man, I've never done anything that makes me look dumb. Uh, we should hop over to the rug of the week. Yeah, let's... in his bedroom looking at him. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the thing. Well, I mean, just like just like regular VR 
uh, I just know that there will eventually be like a perverted use case that Aaron's going to send me an article on. So I'll have written the article. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he meant for like your thoughts before he posts it on Medium. Exactly. That's right. I'm just writing up an article on my schmelman right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Rug of the Week. Aaron, you picked Rug of the Week. I'm going to push back on this one, though, just just so you know. But uh, it's not a rug. That we to be clear. Oh yeah, Tim, you want to give him? Uh, yeah, Tom, can we just soundbite this one day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rug of the week, not necessarily a rug. Rug is now just a pretty common term for you know something in the NFT Web three space that you know is maybe not working well or is fine, but it's a joke and ironic. We're not throwing shade. We're not accusing anyone of defrauding anyone or stealing anybody's money. Um, yeah. It, when we say rug, we just mean it in the. We mean it lovingly. Of, yeah, exactly, exactly. I some typically of these are projects that need work. Every some are sure, sure. Uh, this one's going to be interesting too, because obviously the topic being marketing. I'm excited to talk about the the method of delivery for Mint and um, and how it's worked. But go ahead, Aaron. Um, kind of share share what it is, and then I can pull it up on a screen, and we can kind of walk through it as a as a group. Yeah, and, and there's I didn't know there were this many, but uh, you guys may have seen Drunk Santa by Crypto Painter, I think is the name of the artist, and um, it's doing what's becoming pretty popular. Where they don't, I don't think they have the burn. Tom, Tom will know this. I don't even. The mechanic is is you get Drunk Santa, and then you can go and claim presents, and the presents you can, in theory, resell. I guess I don't know what the value is of holding them. Um, I think it's art is the utility, uh, which like I like the art to a degree um but uh was drunk santa a free mint drunk santa was a free mint on manifold yes so they they did a free mint and basically every day for a period of time around christmas time they were giving away these different presents that you can go and claim if you had the drunk santa um secondary for the original drunk santa not that high Right, I think it's in point oh oh range. To talk yeah, about uh, you range. can buy a you can buy a Santa right now for point zero zero seven three. That's lowest floor right now. Yeah, and I have one, but I haven't claimed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that's interesting here is this is becoming a pretty common mechanic. Uh, they're accelerating the timeline on getting your your NFTs to give you NFTs. There's another project that today I have to go and get three of them to burn to get to the second phase. Right, I've got one. Oh, I have I one burn, too. I didn't know that was today. Yeah, that's today. So you can burn. You've got to get three of them. So, and the secondaries are off for that project. So it's really weird. Um, but I like the person who made that project, and I think they're going to do something with it. But I've got to go. I'm going to burn three to get to Act Two, and then I, I don't know what I'm going to eat. Like I think he's already said you're going to have to burn Act Two to get to Act Three. So um, I think this is a like that is okay marketing. For me, because for economics, obviously burning is great. But for Drunk Santa, I, I don't fully get it. Um, what do you guys think? I'm excited about it only because I like the mechanic side of a project that cost me zero dollars to explore what what and I not necessarily because of Drunk Santa or free NFTs, um, but because of the capabilities of Manifold. Otherwise, I would have never known about it. And you guys may be being a more technical side of NFT Web3 space. You knew about it. You understood its capabilities. But Crypto Painter was my first introduction to it. Um, and I've been I've been along for the ride since. I literally, I, I bought three. Say I bought three. I minted three for free. Um, it costs me about three to five dollars every time I have to like claim something. I've only burned to up uh, get something once, and I would say for me not having the, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. So it cost me ten dollars to mint like three uh, of those Santas, claiming them. I now have two of these. So if we're talking about like value wise, I'm already in the green, but I'm also just along for the ride. I think I think what he's doing is cool. Um, I think it's innovative, even though now, like everybody, like you said, everybody and their mother is doing it. But I think it's uh, kind of a touchless way for people to explore what the options are technically with blockchain technology. Um, Long term, I don't get it. I I don't. But as somebody that's in the space, I like kind of playing with it. So it's making it easy. And also, I will say this subtle shill. uh, I'll be releasing my own collection on Manifold. So Keep your eye out for that, boys. <laughs> We're going to the moon. 
So it's going to be fun. And I think that's what I think that's the important thing is everybody kind of gets to explore it. Just like when when we were all when I say we I when people like me were first brought into like Web3 world uh, and I minted collections on OpenSea. I think it's the same thing. Um, I think being able to have access to a place like Manifold uh to launch collections and kind of explore the options of collections at your own pace also without a lot of um financial backing is what makes it interesting but yeah do we, do, do we get a cut of the this of episode the was sponsored by manifold it wasn't it wasn't can i say that too no, huh? I can't say something was sponsored by somebody if it wasn't. Oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Tim might not be your lawyer, but he sure as shit is mine. <laughs> also not true. Also not true. This episode was sponsored by Tim. <laughs> Come get me. Hang on. Give me Tom, if you check Slack, I'm sending you a cease and desist. All right. <laughs> not my first time I've gotten one of those either, Tim. So. <laughs> Game Just on, boy. <laughs> uh, oh god, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm willing for pushback on that one too. But I mean, yeah, obviously not like a rug rug. He's still building stuff, which is cool. Oh, he's I delivering. Know, he's delivering on it, and I think that's yeah. the important thing. Um, also, holy moly, do you see his secondary sale on just the the presents? How much is it? One hundred and ninety-two ETH. It becomes a feasible way for people uh, earning secondaries. He launched a free mint. Yeah, no, he's done well. Uh, he may have the following too. Right? He does. Like, His Twitter again. If we're pushing this back to marketing, he's got a he's got a good Twitter following. Yeah, he's got and, a very good Twitter, Twitter following. Is the way to go. Which we've done a lot of brand building there. It's just it's such a grind. Yeah. Yeah, I think it varies based on what it is too. I mean, you guys are talking about how this is essentially art. And I think we have to recognize that it's not just the NFT market. This is the art market yeah. within NFTs. There's also a game market within NFTs. There's also a, you know, a PFP market. There's, I think there's different subcategories here. And so what works for art may not work for games. And what works for games may not work for art. Yeah, well said. Um, with I don't know if you guys knew this fun little fact, uh, but with regards to... Um, with regards to Crypto Painter's original Drunk Santa, uh, it ended up reading. It ended up reaching, I think, fifth most traded or bought uh, like on Christmas Day. So we ended up being in the top five of of secondaries on Christmas though too. So obviously, uh, projects that we're friends with, just like the Phoenixes, anytime that you reach those top ten numbers, you're going to get more eyes too. So and he did that with a free mint. Which, I mean, obviously, the people, we can bring this kind of back to the beginning, too. There's people with different intentions, minting for free, selling for five bucks, minting for free, selling for ten bucks. There's bag pumpers. Regardless, there's also people like myself that are just in it to kind of learn and play in the experience and support and whatever. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of eyes on it in the beginning, too. So it's been cool. Um, yeah, good rug of the week. Uh, if anything, um, maybe it'll allow people to go back and and i mean you can still get into the economy he said that uh and take this with a grain of salt crypto painter per his twitter has mentioned that um you can uh you can literally play all year with a single santa so uh he's doing wow. a snapshot actually right it's either today or tomorrow through the 17th so aaron you holding a single uh drunk santa you'll get something eventually unlocked that you can you can mint on manifold too and then they'll eventually. But you already did it. No, I, I made it. I made it, Mom. Oh. Yay. Hey. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, glad I that you too. brought it up. Yeah. I, it's just Gary. I bring that up because it'll be interesting to see if that model sticks um, for other projects, right? Because it shortens the time window to getting your next NFT. I know of one NFT project that has like honestly ten sub collections and. I don't even want to figure out how they all interact. No. Right. And so let me, let me ask you this uh, as somebody that's in the, the um, like the tech space. Do you look at manifold as a, as a competitor in, in the market to, to sign on like collections or projects that people can essentially do it themselves at this point? Like for uh cloud chain. 
Yeah, cloud chain or are you building you building websites and integration with blockchain and Web three? No, um, everybody's a competitor to some degree. Uh, like it, when it's Web three, because everybody just sees Web three and they think like, oh, that company can help me. Sure. Um, but I'd say different target audience, almost for sure. And uh, uh, even outside of that, um, different subset, so like subsection. Uh, I hate the term niche. Um, but any startup will always have its sort of focus and like manifold, no matter what level they're at, like they're, they're not a household name. They're still a startup. They have their subsection. Um, I like it that tools go more mainstream and there's going to be a lot of them because it helps get more people into web three. So yeah. it's always a good thing when a new tool comes out and people buy in like the blur release, right? That was good. We probably got X percent more people right into web three. So. You know, that was, it, it is a good thing. I'm glad you answered it that way, too. Um, yeah. You know, I was always just curious because, I mean, obviously, if you're just like, oh, like now people aren't going to more people aren't going to need my services. But you don't look at it like that. You're looking at like we're still dealing with such a small percentage of the population of people. This might just bring more people in. Right. It's good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, good episode, boys. Um, why don't we uh, why don't we do our sign offs uh, and then. uh and then we'll we'll close it down and, and start recording our post show where we all take off our shirts. Uh, Tim, go first. My shirt's already off, so jokes on you guys. False. Um, I know, false. And if, if for those watching on Spotify, you'll know that I was bluffing. Um, I can't wait yeah, to go well, to Aaron's camera. He's getting ready. I know he is. Oh, I am ready. I'm always ready to take my shirt off. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening this week. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm an attorney and founder in the Web3 space. Um, not your attorney, though. Not Tom's either, despite what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him. Um, yeah, uh, not legal advice, not financial advice. Do your own research. Thanks for joining us. Aaron? Uh, Aaron? Oh, wait, Tim. Hi. Tim, where can what? people find you on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter at uh, not legal 10 <laughs> spelled out T-E-N, not legal T-E-N. Perfect. Aaron, go ahead. I am the technical person behind all of the things that you are looking at. So technically, a, technically it, a co-founder. Technically a co-founder. So <laughs> technically. Um, and I'm also the one that is on Twitter replying to GMs more than Tom. So that's, ooh, that's, that's a, a bull face oh. lie right there. Uh, I taught you everything you, you know. At Guy at Aaron. It should, if you're on Spotify, you'll see it at the bottom, but it's my name you'll spell it wrong even if i say it so you just have to look for me so there it is uh and i am tom um you guys can find me on twitter at tom over chaplain uh quarter machine community manager uh subsequently i sponsored this uh this episode so uh that's a thing i did can't sue me for lying i'm not going to sue myself so that's the game uh i'm so happy <laughs> so happy you guys joined us on uh on i think it's our 12th episode of doxed uh hopefully you guys enjoyed uh jump in the quarter machine discord at quarter machine uh, or discord.gg slash quarter machine uh, and visit unnamed do your own research uh, unnamed.gg thanks so much for listening guys we'll see you all in chat peace out bye bye thanks for listening to another episode of doxed we apologize for the robot voices from Aaron and Tim we'll see you guys in the next one peace <laughs>